Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show with your featured host, Shah McCain, a forensic counselor, psychic, writer, artist, modern day Christian mystic, and UFO experiencer. Shah introduced guests who are experts on all aspects of the paranormal and the sacred. The Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show has been featured on Blog Talk Radio as Staff Pick. And now for your host, Shaw McCain. Well, hello everybody. This is your host, Shaw McCain. And I'd like to welcome listeners to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show. My show is created to provide an open-minded platform that welcomes the gift and extraordinary thinkers from every walk of life and circumstance. Please follow the Paranormal Sacred on Facebook for upcoming events and special speakers from around the world. And you'd be happy to know we're translating to many different languages for our listeners outside of the country. And we're very proud of that. Uh, the call number tonight is 619-924-9744. And we're going to be here this Friday, next Friday. And uh, we'll do whatever, when we have a special speaker, we'll come right on and, and of different times. Sometimes we're on Thursday, too. So anyway, during this show, I can take questions in order in chat so that you may talk, call with your question and talk with our special guest. Any buzz killers, I'm going to warn you, or on the phone, if you're weird, you will be kicked out. And I will have a copy of your phone number, and I'll call you back and bug you. So don't bug me, and I won't bug you. So be polite, play nice, and be good, and uh, if you have, Think positive thoughts, especially in our minds tonight is the state of all the people that are going on in the world right now, all the people suffering, the fires, the floods, the hurricanes, everything from the USA to right here in California, north and south, and to the Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico, everywhere. And uh, this is this is really a mess. And we also have the people that are, you know, fixing and getting on their feet in you know, Texas and you just have everybody in our minds and to keep you in our prayers and uh, don't give up and God bless those who have lost their lives and also in the horrible shooting in um, Las Vegas. I can't hardly believe that one. And uh, we're all still in shock. So let's pray and stick together and be strong and uh, God, you know, bless us and watch over all of us and give us the strength to get through this whole thing. Okay, so now I'm going to go for announcements. Uh, today, as you know, it's Friday the 13th, and we're lucky, lucky, lucky to have our speakers tonight. And let me do a couple of announcements before I welcome them on. I want to let you know my friend, Marilyn Salas, has the healing energy over at the Ohio House. She's from in Ohio, and she's saying, if you're stressed, you have pain, headaches, grief, heartaches, for the mind and body spirit sessions, she schedules appointments with her, and she uses selenite love blessing aromatherapy Miss sounds, the use of feathers, visualizations, excuse me, and uh, intention settings. And she's very beautiful and inside and out. And I love this girl very much. And you must know her husband, Captain Robert Solace of the Montana Missile Range um, UFO flak that I remember so well. Anyway, she's really busy, busy and life continues to be rewarding for her. And she, her, her, uh, Love the blessing meditation oils and mists are actually being sold everywhere in Ohio, Pasadena, Cova City, uh, Santa Monica by mail anywhere. Just ask her. So uh, go to her Facebook page, Marilyn Salas, S A L A S, or 
my love's blessing and meditation and healing this. And you can get the following. Go to our Facebook page, www.com, Love's Blessing, Meditation and Healing. And go there, and if you can't find it, just message me, and I'll tell you where she is. Anyway, also, I want to wish everybody a happy October, my favorite season. As you know, Halloween night was the first night five years ago that I started the show. And uh, we are on the show tonight is our... Let's see if I can find how many shows. This is actually our 417th episode. I can't hardly believe it. I'm a little tired, but that's okay. And uh, anyway, not really. I'm having fun. Uh, so happy holiday season to everybody coming up. And I wish you all the best Halloween season and hot apple cider and pumpkin pie and everything else. I just love this, you know. Anyway, let's just remember that on... Uh, for our convenience here, uh, we have the serial meetings. Uh, every Sunday we meet for lunch. Uh, every first, I'm sorry, the first, the, I can't get my story straight here. Anyway, the first weekend in October, I'll tell you about Serial International is having a huge uh, Christmas party. So if you want to find out more information about that, uh, just message me later, ask me on Facebook, and I'll tell you all about it. And October 22nd is the last support zero group meeting of 2017, and we'll be at the Huntington Beach location, and those in the know, you know where we are. And as far as uh, I think the money is due for the zero Christmas party November 23rd, but I can't be sure. I'll have more about that next week. And for our – I know it will be on December 9th, and we usually try to leave the house about 5 to get over there at the Queen Mary. Yes, the haunted Queen Mary. And then uh, next week's guest is going to be Benji Hively discussing his upcoming book, The Philosophy of Evil. And for uh, some strange coincidence, he's also from New Orleans, as our guests are tonight. And uh, I love these two. Uh, we've been on my show a couple times before. And uh, they've come out with a new book, and uh, I really want to ask them a lot about it. So uh, Chad and also Jill, they're met and married in the early 90s in the city of Little Rock, Arkansas. And the marriage is one of destiny, as also would say, arranged. We know they did not know that from from that day forward, they were going to have many uh, strange incidences. I just read their new book, and I'm telling you, it's very interesting. I've I've heard their story before, but there's always something else going on as as the story unfolds, and uh, they start to understand their situation better. And uh, I'm going to let them come on now and tell their story. Hi, Chad and Alto. This is Sarah. I'd like to welcome you on the Paranormal and the Sacred. Oh, thank you so much for having us. <laughs> Hi, Hello, guys. It's so wonderful. Hi. It's so wonderful. It's so wonderful to hear you again. I know. I was just thinking that we have talked and talked, and when uh, I I was reading your story, you know, much of it sounds familiar, and meaning not only from you but for me in my life. I think that. Uh, Something really strange is going on here, like high strangers, <laughs> like you say. <laughs> right. We have, a lot, right. we have a lot in common. Go ahead. I remember. We remember. Okay. All right. So we all know. And uh, it's to me, I always felt like I had too much going on. Okay, I've been abducted by her since I was a little kid. Then I had all this paranormal stuff going on. 
and then uh, all this altered reality stuff without drugs, you know, what's going on here? Mm. Then it goes together. Like I'm, for years I've tried to split it all. I don't know if you guys tried to make sense of it like that, but have you tried to put each in a little box or now you just gave up and now you're just doing it? <laughs> yeah, pretty much it. Yeah, we're just, yeah. we're just, uh, we're just winging it. You know, we, uh, we, we believe that it's all connected, but then all just, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe just a maybe, it's supposed to just continue to be a mystery. I, you know, I've always said pretty consistently, I, I hate to be bored. You know, there's been a lot of trauma with all this, so that it's not all so airy-fairy sounding, but there has been tremendous trauma involved in 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 our lives, I'd say in general, on a very personal level, separately, and then certainly together. But Chan and I have never forgotten from the very beginning about humor. I mean, humor gets you through anything. And so, you know, we've got a lot of fodder to <laughs> to create humor out of because you That's just we have not been able to find any answers, but. You know, I'm not even sure anymore that that's my my objective. I'm so happy to get reconnected with you, and congratulations on your show. Can you believe that? 417 shows. I, I looked at it and go, gee, man, I'm tired. No wonder. <laughs> A lot of work. And well, you all are gathering on December 9th. That's just, Chad and I are striving to try to work our way west again. Will you please and, come uh, here? Yes, I mean, we just can't wait to see you, meet you in person, and, you know, just give you big hugs, and again, just be connected, but you all are gathering yeah. on uh, December 9th, and that happens to be Chad's birthday, so. Oh, happy know, birthday, just... then, Chad. Another strange coincidence. That's right. Yeah. You know, Go ahead. I'll just say, I'll tell everybody, yeah, they're having a birthday party for me, but it's way in California. I can't yeah. make it. Yeah. yeah, it's on the Haunted Queen Mary. I will salute yeah. you there. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. Some members well, you stay know, there. Also, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to mention also in our congratulations to you, how wonderful for our timing. I happen to love Friday the 13th. It is. I would consider it one of my absolutely favorite days, as well as this is around the anniversary of us, what I refer to as being taken in 1997, thus, you know, this book, or abduction in the French Quarter. If this is around the period of time it, you know, it actually happened 20 years ago. So, I mean, it's just a lot of fun having this reunion it with is. you. I want to thank you for coming aboard, really, uh, it's a very fascinating story, and I know all of it isn't in here because uh, you're referring to right. a lot of other strange things, and uh, you guys are really, uh, you know, I found out some old journals of mine. I have some pretty strange stuff that I don't ever remember writing in there, and I wonder mm-hmm. if you guys kept a journal of this stuff. Um, you know, Chad is keeps referring to me to continue this conversation because I have been the one basically by choice. I think in the beginning, no, I know in the beginning uh, with really no other options but to continue to keep researching 
and 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 delving as much as I possibly could with my very limited skills. And uh, so to answer your question, the, the first answer is no. Uh, Chad doesn't write basically at all, and um, I'm not much better at that. And so no, but what I did do was a few couple of years ago, it's almost like I know other people have said these kinds of things, and this is the only way I know how to describe it. I felt like I was, oh, just the word is driven. One day I got yeah. up and I said, I am going to record all of this from 1990 up until present day, and that was a couple of years ago. So it would have been about, what I guess, 25, 23, 24 years worth of Chad and I, my words being arranged in 1990. I went into some detail as much as I could because I have a lot of mystery in my childhood, but I tried, you know, there's just so much crypticness to all of this, but but I got it all recorded to the best of my ability, and then uh, when it came time for the book, um, editor and folks involved with the editor decided to create what you've received, you know, basically they felt the most important at the time was to create a story, create a book based around the title. Um, the word yes. or abduction was, you know, our little team, if you will, created the word or abduction. And so um, this is what the editor felt was important for this, what we call, what I call the small book. And we've decided that if there's any interest, we certainly would like to try to fill in with some, a couple more small books. Um, you know, all these other details because there's just so much, as you referred to. Well, I'm so glad that you got this down. That's what I was thinking. I, was, I, I, was, I read it and I went, you know what, I'm so happy that you have this down in writing because as, uh, as time goes on, uh, our memories change. Sometimes uh, mm. something will remind us. And at least we have the basics down. And you can always do more later if, uh, well, are your experiences ongoing, would you say? Uh, I would say, now Chad and I have been together since 1990, and I would say, as far as I'm concerned, that would be basically a yes, uh, with the exception of the last, this last year. Year or so, yeah, I haven't really seen anything or experienced anything uh i'm not we we have moved back to new orleans but we're kind of very rural now we're not so say living and breathing and eating and working in the french quarter 24 7 like we were now i am working in the french quarter so you know i get I, i have to say that i get this overwhelming need to come in and come out um I just don't have the desire to, at least at this stage, to really spend much time there other than to do what I'm there to do and then, um, you know, and then leave fairly promptly afterwards. I have not returned yet, and I can't understand why other than I think it's kind of exciting because, again, there's been so much scary involved uh, with what's happened with us that, for me, you know, I strive for the childlike side of this just to keep it, just to keep it, I think, tolerable and 
mm-hmm. and uh, be able to record it and, and keep moving forward. But um, there's a mystery to me inside of myself. I mean, it'd be very easy for me to just go right over to that location where we were abducted, and yet I have chosen to wait. Now, Chad's there mm-hmm. often, and he's, you know, he's kind of my eyes and my ears of that location because it has changed dramatically since our night of abduction in 97. It has now become... I mean, I, I'm not kidding you. I don't watch a lot of television, uh, but late at night when I get home from work, I'll turn it on just to kind of come down. And um, more than not, I find that when we turn the TV on, and if there's some kind of a talk show, they'll have some kind of a TV star or what have you that they're interviewing and they'll be talking about New Orleans, and then the individual will speak about how much they love it here and so on. We're used to that. But what I'm not mm-hmm. used to is, is now they're all saying that they love New Orleans because of Frenchman Street. Well, Frenchman Street, when we were abducted, was vacant. Yeah, there was like three or four like local places, you know, uh, bars, you know, uh, but back then they were more local. There wasn't a lot of tourism, mm-hmm. you know, and people, you know, walking there at night, especially, you know, uh, unless you were a tourist and kind of knew where you were at and what you were going. So now it is all via to hear Chad describe it to me and what I'm hearing when I, you know, catch these these TV personalities. This is the only street they speak about. And I'm like, holy moly. Chad's like, yeah, you know, and, and of course I've looked at some pictures and whatever, but for some reason I know that I am, I feel truly waiting to get the signal or the something that I can't explain as to the right time to return there. And, I, you know, maybe I have just created all of that. I have no idea, but it's kind of fun at this stage with the mystery of it because I work on the opposite end of the quarter as to where that location is. So, you know, it's only 13 blocks away, but it's how interesting on Friday the 13th. <laughs> yes, very interesting. Because it was on the, the corner. You found out the real corner. I think Chad was taken through regression. The real corner was a Decatur and uh, was it Frenchman something corner? Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Frenchman is actually where the orb uh, apparently, first right, appeared right. to us. Is that correct? Yeah, Matt? it was. It was, you know, above Frenchman. You know, about a half a block down the road, down the street. Down the street. Uh, the Decatur part of that, the main, you know, one of the main streets, and I believe that's our, you know, collectively the last memory of the three of us. Right. There were three of us of that night, and it's the last right. memory we have. Well, uh, you know, I'm going to tell you something really weird. Because you were staying in that apartment above uh, that famous uh, voodoo uh, queen. Oh, uh, boy. Right? Okay, I'm going to tell oh, you something that's going to be strange. I know. So you were staying at that apartment. Okay, shoot for shoot a, a couple of years ago, I was singing karaoke with this girl at the VFW here in Gardena. You think that I would be it. innocent, right? You know, it's innocent. We're just seeing karaoke, you know, and we were singing everything. But he had a lot of, uh, like, heavy metal uh, 
big hair band music on it. It was very hard for us to sing that, you know. So, uh, so we were still, we actually started singing our hearts out. It was so damn funny, you know what I mean? And uh, I don't know, White Snake, whoever, but I didn't even know I could do that. Wonderful. But I did it. So. I love it. <laughs> I know. Okay, so we're singing away. And after we're all singing, then we say, uh, you know, Oh, oh, what's your name again? Like, uh, let's go karaokeing sometime because it was so much fun. Because the guy asked, said we're so good. They should. He asked us to go around, and give us a card, whatever. Anyway, right and on. I, she said, well, <laughs> this girl that I had been singing with, she said, well, what's your name? I said, my name is Shar McCain. She said, not the Shar McCain. I went, what do you mean? <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> and she said, you have the Paranormal Sacred Radio Show. I went, oh my god, I almost fainted. I said. You recognize me? Hey, my first recognition, just for my voice. I or love whatever. that. I know. And I then guess who, guess who her grandma is? Oh, no. Laveau? Yeah. Marie Laveau? Yes. Oh. Yes. I had her on my show. And wow. uh, that's her family. When See, she had a million kids, I guess. So right. she yeah. had a... Another husband later on. No, this was her grandmother. How was it? So uh, then she had the second half of the kids that uh, that are all younger. So that's where her father comes in. Mm. So that wow. is the whole story. And I thought how bizarre that you would stay in that same apartment. And that's where, uh, you know, Laveau was at the voodoo queen. Anyway, her name is well, Bestia. Hi, Bestia, if you're listening. Anyway. Oh, I'm That's sorry, what was your name? What's your name? Her name is Bastia. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Yes. Well, and she hi, is Bastia. really beautiful. So I did the picture. I did a picture. Uh, and then I did the uh, the picture they have of her, the, her ancestor. And they look very right, much alike. Right. They're very beautiful That's women. Beautiful. So anyway, That's a crazy coincidence. Is. I'm in her at the VFW. Right. Come on. I love that. So, I, I love that. Well, you know, I, I don't know if you're aware of this. I mean, let's just add, if if you don't mind, while we're in that no. subject, we could add what Chad and I have discovered, which is, well, I'll have Chad share with you, because he's pretty much kind of put this together in a nice little timeline about that apartment above the Voodoo Temple. And we were there... This was, this was, you know, we were there in 95 and having, you know, bizarre uh, experiences then. And then fast forward 10 years later, Katrina gets. And there's a couple living there in, our, in the same apartment that we lived in. Uh, and their names were... Their names are Zach and Addie. Zach and Addie. Right. And... Uh, now, are you familiar with this story? Yes, but t- but tell me the whole thing, because a lot of people yeah, aren't. It, oh, right. yeah. It's well, so, it, Katrina hits. Uh, they, you know, kind of embraced it almost, you know, and they uh, actually, you know, help each other, help other people and everything, And but they're kind of having their own life, you know, that with the, you know, partying pretty well and hard and all that. Well, when the lights come back on and the electricity and everything goes back to normal, they kind of start having this issue because they like that 
freedom of, you know, not really having a lot of, of uh, I guess, no authority. Uh, yeah, no authority. That, you know, they, you know refused, they weren't. Yeah. They refused to evacuate, living in the quarters. So all of a sudden, now, if you all can imagine, the quarter becomes extremely primitive, and pretty accessible if you're a good alcoholic drug addict, which they both happen to be. But also, from what we understand, very attractive, and they were very likable. And as Chad was saying, they they seem to ingratiate themselves with. Uh, also trying to help others, you know, that had also either not evacuated or got stuck, trapped, what have you, in the quarter. And so that's just to kind of frame the situation. As Chad says, when the lights come back on, they have to deal with reality. Right. So, well, they start imploding. Well, he, uh, one day, they have this argument, and he kills her. I guess oh, I, I think they said strangler or whatever, but they, he murders her, puts her in the uh, in the tub, and she laid there for like a week, and then uh, he goes out in the uh, he goes up to one of the the, the big uh, rooftop uh, yeah the roof one of the rooftop bars in one of the uh, hotels and jumps commit suicide. Well, when the police get there, they find the note and they go back to the apartment and discover that he had dismembered her and there was parts of her on the stove and the refrigerator and the oven, you know. just So, yeah, just this horrible, horrible, you know, incident. So, then... And and before he goes on, I'll just also interject because, again, I'm the one that does, you know, sort of the research on everything, discovered that a guy out of New York City, an author, a a young guy, apparently moved to the the quarter just to study this experience because there's a whole lot more to it. And then he wrote a book that lots of documentaries have been made from and, you know, potential movies is what we're understanding but the book, if anyone is interested, is called uh, Shake Off the Devil or Shake the Devil Off. I can't remember exactly, mm-hmm. uh, but that's, that's the title. Just to, you know, again, give you all the gruesomeness of this insanity that we discover, you know, kind of haphazardly. One day again, I turn on the television and there's a, oh, a ghosty show, you know, ghosty hunting kind of show, and it's all about our apartment. And I'm like, oh, my good Jesus. Wow. And so that happened, of course, Katrina, which was 10 years after we lived in the apartment, and then Chad will finish that. Yeah, and then we discovered, uh, we moved back to New Orleans last year, and right before we moved here, we found out that the... uh, the apartment, the whole building had caught fire. Voodoo Temple and, and just, the apartment. Yeah, the whole, the whole. All destroyed. Just destroyed. The only thing that was there was like the outer shell kind of, it really did a lot of damage, but, you know, almost burned to the ground. So, but yeah, it's a bizarre Do they place. know the source of that fire? I, I, I never heard. Know. I haven't researched that really. Uh, we were, you know, we just do our very best say is avoidance of it and remove from it as we possibly can, other than just, again, the 
very interesting dynamics of this being a 20-year cycle with us, you know, in that particular apartment, in that location. Uh, there's a, if you know the, can't remember the name of the, the guys, there's, they started off three or four of them, and Zach Bagan is the lead yeah. ghost hunter, and right, so one of his guys named Nick, Nick, Nick Groff, I think, or something of that nature, he separated from that group, and he started his own little gig, and he and this gal, I think she's a, I'm not sure, a sensitive, a medium, a psychic, whatever she calls herself, they happened to do a show. Uh, the program's called Paranormal Lockdown, and it's the yes. episode is called... Rampart Murder House. Rampart Murder House, right. I mean, it's just so creepy. But anyhow, they spent a night in the apartment and had it all filmed, if anybody's interested in, you know, looking at any of that. It's just been, it's you know, our time in that apartment was mysterious and poltergeisty, and uh, I felt I was experiencing a time slip. I thought I was experiencing a potential Virgin Mary-like apparition, or actually she was in full body. Um, the possibility also of connecting with what could have been slaves that had lived on that property two, three hundred years prior. You know, Chad having an experience with the priest, the voodoo priest that had just died prior to us moving there. Him, you know, he was an apparition messing with Chad. So, you know, we had a lot of experiences in a short amount of time on the property. But I, I have to tell you, I never had any sense, in all honesty, of any kind of evil permeating not in my mind, no. in those walls around us. I felt I felt actually, um, I believe the only reason I wasn't as comfortable as I could have been is because, again, we're not into voodoo or anything like that. And so it was very uncomfortable on an energetic level from, you know, just the activity of that type of, you know, belief system, which, again not trying to be critical about it. It's just you either mix with, you blend, or you don't. But I never had any sense. The whole point of this is I have I never had a sense of evil. Yeah, that was. Like what, like, like, like what, you know, we have discovered seemed to take place in that apartment. Yes. So uh, what's the condition of the apartment now? Uh, it's all rebuilt and uh, has been redone, and uh, I think there's, I believe now the Voodoo Temple has moved down the road, yeah. down the street a little bit, and now it's a uh, uh, the ghost uh, ghost uh, haunted tour place. Oh, so they made like a theme thing out of it. Yeah, yeah, it, they do haunted tours, run haunted tours, and. I, I haven't been inside it or stopped. I just kind of drove past it not too long ago, and I'm like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Okay. <laughs> but it makes sense, you know? Yeah. Well, did you guys want to talk about how you guys met? Because, you know, uh, reading about, you know, that night, it's a, the day, the night and evening that you guys met is really uh, quite interesting synchronicity in itself. Do you guys want to start, mm-hmm. like, from the beginning? 
Absolutely. Wherever you're interested, we're we're certainly interested in, you know, we're interested in all of it. To be quite honest with you, we never get bored. I know. I know. Me either. It's right. You know, it just gets a hold of you, and it's just been so crazy. Well, so Chad's pointing at me again to, I'll do my best to frame this, and uh, uh, if I leave a lot out, it's not for the sake of because we have a little book. It is truly, again, for your sake and not to bore anybody and for time. So we love questions. You know, Char, we love questions. So um, we never okay. get enough of those. So, you know, please feel free at any time. But okay. to, to to begin the process of the – we've now dubbed ourselves Chalta. So if that's okay, <laughs> I'll kind of refer to us <laughs> as Chalta. Yeah. You, okay. you know, it just – sort of simplifies our little world. Um, so we began with 1990. I'm 33 at the time, never married, no children. Chad was 23 at the time, never had been married. And we were essentially a blind date on Valentine's Day that didn't happen, that ended up happening Anyhow, so there's your first, some hidden hand, the way I saw it. Um, your lovely word of synchronicity, I've always called it high strangeness. I borrowed that term so many years ago, and it's just yeah. such an appropriate term to me about all of this craziness. So uh, essentially, uh, we end up meeting before Valentine's is over, and uh and we discovered that now, you know, again, just some of the highlights of that earlier evening, there were a couple of men, I hesitate using the word men, <laughs> because anymore I don't know anything, but that's certainly how they appeared to me. They happened to be gorgeous. One was very blonde. One was very dark-haired. The blonde gentleman was wearing a... You know, they were both extremely well-dressed. As I've said in the past, casual but expensive. The blonde was wearing a beautiful leather bomber jacket. Just to give you an idea, he informs me that he's a private pilot but the dark-haired guy. Well, okay, so I just add that to the story because we're meeting in the strangest of circumstances in an environment that I don't belong in, nor do they, uh, because of, you know, the the neighborhood, if you will, that we were in. We're in an old, you know, middle-class, 1950s-looking neighborhood where there's no airport, and there's nobody of money in that general vicinity that would have a private port. The airport happens to be, you know, clear on the opposite side of the city, way out in the boonies. And so the whole thing was just so bizarre. Well, there's no doubt to me now that these gentlemen were used or what have you to make sure that I got in a location that Chad and I would end up meeting before Valentine is over with. Now, a lot of, again, high strangers involved in all of that. Within 24 hours of Chad and I, Mike words being arranged for a meeting, we discovered that Chad's grandfather, who had crossed over a few years prior to me meeting Chad, 
that his birth name and I share the same name, first name of Alta and the last name Duncan. Now, as you're kind of putting that together, what I've done to shorten this story is just to remember that Chad's from Arkansas, uh, Caucasian. Uh, To the best of our knowledge, no Indians in this family. I'm told I'm mixed Indian from the reservation area of uh, Arizona with no Arkansas folks in my family. But again, I got a lot of mystery in my early childhood. So, you know, there's a lot that are still very blank back then. Well, when we discover, you know, when I discovered that Chad's grandfather and I share the same name, to this day, you know, how many years later, 27 years later, we still can't get an answer. There is no answer as to how this grandfather had the name Alta. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just one of those very bizarre mysteries. Now, the world knew him as George, but that is his birth name, and it is the name that's on his, you know, his gravestone. So that just was our beginning, and it was uh, something that you know, burnt inside of my consciousness that I just could not shake and I've never been able to shake of always feeling and now I sense, think I know something else out there has got a hidden hand and clearly our lives. So um, that's the beginnings of him and I first meeting. There was a young woman that was in our lives also that I worked with originally. When Chad and I met, I had no idea that he knew her, and he had no idea that I knew her. And we then all kind of became friends together the first several months of Chad and I being new love. We only lived a mile apart, and... uh, Again, just to add to the crypticness and the horrendousness and the terrifying part of our story, this friend of ours, um, she had a she had a lifestyle that we were not in agreement with, and we didn't find it something that we could really cope with, especially as a new couple and just trying to, you know, get on with our life. I'm also ten years older than Chad, but you wouldn't know that. You know, nobody knows that. They need us to know us. So, uh, anyhow, it it would so happen that she ends up um, being murdered. And it was horrendous. Not that any death is not, but it was horrendous what was done to her. Again, because we only lived a mile apart, I was one of her only friends, uh, other than her secret lifestyle, Um, and Chad being, again, connected with me and us together as her friends. The police, um, the detectives, absolutely turned our lives upside down and inside out. So from the very beginning of our story, we have all this mystery. We have all this high strangeness. And she, and she was there the night that Alta and I met because she she had gotten, Alta had called her when they arrived at the uh, the little pub. And, you know, so there she's playing pool. I remember her playing pool 
with these two, you know, the pilot and the owner of the plane or whatever, you know, these guys. I had and called Alta, her. Alta was sitting up at the bar, and here I am. I come up, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure I smell like, you know, fish fry because I worked in an oyster bar at the time. So I was either, you know, it, uh, I'm in tennis shoes, and instead of her talking to these guys that are all well-dressed and with airplanes, she, she, you know, decides to, you know, hang out with me. And and this friend, um, now that Chad has kind of backed us up on that part, that I was moving around, she lived only up the street from this location that Chad and I, I feel, were arranged at. These two men, um, for whatever reason, I had no interest in at all. At all. It, that just makes no sense. It makes no sense. But I didn't. And so I didn't want to be rude to them, so I called her thinking she might be free that night. Well, you know, as they say, synchronicity, she was. Now, mm-hmm. she and I were the same age, again, 33, had never been married, no children. Attractive enough and uh, happened to just live right up the street. She was there, I think, before we hung up the phone when I described how gorgeous these guys were, and we had a pilot and a plane. Now, she was all excited about meeting them, and I seemed to be more excited about getting her introduced and then separating away from everyone. This behavior is totally out of character for me. I'm very social, but not on this night. Just added along to all the other mystery of this. Well, so now that, again, that this has been brought up, of this friend being a part of that evening, I remember, I, I know that when she got to that, to this, it was a big sports bar. When she arrived, I chose to separate from her with these guys, leaving them to be playing pool, and I just removed myself and went up and sat at the bar all by myself. Again, my behavior is extremely bizarre to my, you know, normal behavior. So, you know, keep that in mind. And this is what I, Chad and I have been left with, all on our own to try to deal with, is I introduced her to these men that I feel personally have a lot of mystery attached to them. Now, that was always part of our thought process after her death because not only were they involved in meeting her not long before she's killed but we also there are also a couple other experiences um, that were one of them was she had met somebody very involved in the mob in the what I would call the New York mob in Little Rock, Arkansas, that's provable. I have done nothing but research this information, and I have been able to find information to indicate that that is true, that this individual was there in the witness protection program. But he had outed himself on the Geraldo show, if you ever remember that show. Yeah, I do. Um, it, was that, wasn't he... Uh... Not Sonny. His name was Bull or something. His name is Henry Hill. So Did he go by Hill. the Bull? No, Henry no, no. Hill. I know. That's right. Right. The the movie Goodfellas was 
supposedly based off of this guy. Now, you know, we've never really had a chance to talk about any of this in all the years that we have been blessed to, you know, be on any radio podcast. This is a situation that we've carried pretty much on our own. Um, I did record it originally, inclusive of what I thought was our original book. But, you know, now that we're there, just if I might just finish that, our friend that was killed told me that she had just met a guy by the name of, and she repeated his name, Henry Hill, and expecting that I would have no idea. Right. Expecting that I would have no idea. For our listeners, uh, if you know the story, remember Henry Hill was in Goodfellas. He was the half Irish and half Italian guy, played by uh, that actor, dang it. Ray Liotta. Anyway, yes. Yeah, Ray Liotta. <laughs> anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, uh, well, that's not uh, what the real yeah. one looked like, I assure you. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. I, but... Uh, you know, that story is that he, you know, he turned everybody in, and then he went, I guess, to Little Rock, Arkansas, and that's where your girlfriend was probably seeing him. Well, she, this is, you know, what I've been able to, what she said to me. Now, remember, she's a single chick. When her and I knew each other, we worked in the medical profession with each other. She uh, was at, an, at a, her laundromat, the neighborhood laundromat. Now, we lived in a pretty trendy kind of boho kind of community of the city. So artsy, you know, crafty community. So the, anything like a pizza parlor to a, to a washeteria, you know, laundry, would be right. an interesting place. Well, more than I ever counted on, because the fact is, is I had just seen this guy on that crazy Hualdo show. I would have never that. known anything. I would have never known anything about this. It's not my, you know, course of study or interest necessarily or what have you, but I can't, I happened to watch it. Well, the next thing I know, my friend is telling me she just met him at the laundry mat. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Well, she didn't lie, to the best of my knowledge. She didn't have any reason to. So I'm just, because it was not long after this, she's dead. And Mm. now she wasn't seeing him, to the best of our knowledge. She only indicated to me that they had hung out at the laundromat. And she's attractive enough, as I said, and this guy is not attractive at all. And he's, but I guess he thinks he's pretty cool. And he... He's, you know, telling her his story and my understanding and what I've been able to find out on my own because my computer skills are extremely limited. But what I've Mm. been able to discover is that I clearly find information indicating that he and his wife had separated in the witness protection program and that he'd left her at the same, this is the same year that my friend claims to have met him in Little Rock. So to me it seemed very plausible that 
he's come out of the program and he's in Little Rock for whatever reason. And, you know, Little Rock has a huge southern mafia, always has and it's big. And so it, it just, understanding that just almost started crazy enough makes sense. But just add that to the mystery of her death. Because here we got a couple guys who others use the language aliens uh, mm-hmm. or extra dimensionals or what have you. We got a mobster turncoat and she's got a lifestyle, a secret lifestyle that that certainly was dangerous enough the way we understood it. So we've just been left with all that mystery. But that went on for 20 years. That murder was not solved for 20 years. And wow. Chad and I understand what a miracle is. We've had many, but that was clearly a miracle for him and I to get that news that that murder had been finally solved by DNA. And it had nothing to do with any, any of that that we've described to you. Yeah, it was some other murderer. It was. I wonder how she met him. Well, again, she had a lifestyle that could have certainly invited for that, um, as well as they indicated. Now, keep in mind, she has a sister that is a medical doctor in that city and, uh, you know, comes from some prominence. So we knew much about her that I believe we were the only ones that knew. Yeah. And we chose, and because we're loyal in this regard, but again, once this murder took place, it was a whole different ballgame. Because again, without, you know, taking up anyone's time and probably no interest, you know, Chad and I just really went through a lot of hell as well yeah. over this. And we were never allowed to grieve her properly or, or really ever at all. So when we found out 20 years later, that it had been solved with DNA and that this monster had been captured and I believe has a 40-year sentence. Um, You know, Chad and I certainly took a moment to grieve and then just extremely grateful. It's just been so much part of the mystery of everything else. It's all just been so crazy. Yeah. um, Henry Hill died in 2012. And uh, I guess of natural causes, wow. they didn't take him out. They didn't take him out. But anyway, uh, the I'm glad that you were able to process that loss because um, the mystery doesn't end. There's there's just so much um, right. having to do. And now, okay, what brought you back to the New Orleans again? Well, uh, we've been traveling around. How did you choose around. to go back? Go ahead. We, we, we've been traveling around uh, pretty much the Ohio, Tennessee Valley uh, the last five years doing uh, metaphysical shows and arts and craft shows with uh, with our shawls and stuff. And we, our, our motorhome's an older motorhome. So we decided, you know, it's time to get some major work or, or re- get, a, get a new one or something like that. We knew that we could come back to New Orleans. We knew the book was coming up really close, so we thought that it would be good timing for for the book and, you know, just for us to come back and kind of regroup so we can get, and, you know, start heading out west uh, the next time instead of maybe the Ohio, Ohio Valley all the time. Well, it's, you know, um, 
is there any concerns of the weather over there again or uh, because I for some no. reason I just I research over there a lot. I was even looking to move over there in a part. I swear to God, I don't know what's driving me. Like, you guys are driven. I've got that same thing in me. You know, my kids yeah. do not want to My son's in Chicago. But my my daughter and her kids don't want to leave California. You know, everybody was born here but me. And I want to, you know, go. I thought of New Orleans as a good for a single retired person, you know. So I'm retiring probably in a year or two. So um, right. I've been looking and I was thinking, well, I didn't know that part area was so flat. It's like below sea level, about just flat. Oh, absolutely. So it's prone yeah. to flood. So, so have I had this? I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to interject while you're on that thought process about in the next year or so, if you're going to do it, your timing I think is ideal because the influx now of you know the idea that's happening here, we discovered from being gone. We left in 2001, and so 15 years we're returning, and boy, has it changed a lot in, in many ways. And some of those ways are, as they say, the millennials are, are flooding this direction because of prices and what have you. So it won't take too long before it becomes outpriced um, yeah. for what anybody is used to. So, again, your timing would be ideal if you're sincere at that. And, Shara, don't I remember, or can you help us, because I've been just so hard trying to pull that memory forward of when we were with you before. Didn't you yep. share an experience? Didn't, didn't you have a family member, a father or an uncle, who yes. had a very interesting experience? He had a very experience? bizarre, yes. He was a... Yeah, it was my uncle Louie, and he was hitchhiking all over the United States, uh, you know, right. showing his oath. He was actually, right. uh, he said to me, you know, I've never known him like this, but he said he was a poacher. So he was literally getting, you know, money from people all over the United States. So uh, right. he had a, a right. couple of strange experiences right there in that area that he was right. uh, walking downtown Somewhere I do not know where he was. I wish I could have. Uh, I have to go and see if he wrote it down anywhere. But anyway, he was going through New Orleans, and uh, he had a sudden experience of a total blackout. And he felt, you know, he didn't know up. He laid down on the ground, and he was uh, he felt, I'm not going to fall because he didn't know up and down. So he laid down on the ground, he was feeling the ground. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't, it was so pitch black that he was frightened and it, it just came down like a black curtain. He said pretty soon in the distance, he saw this car come up and uh, he saw the headlights. He said, that car is going to stop and get me. So anyway, it was like the man in black pulled up with trench coat, the hat, the whole bit. He opened the door, he reached over and opened the door for my Uncle Louie. And my Uncle Louie remembers getting in. The next thing he knew, he was sitting at a little uh, coffee shop down there and uh, drinking a cup of coffee. And he said he remembers, you know, starting awake, drinking the coffee. And he was like, what the hell? And he told me that part. But, okay, so that was there in New Orleans. He had another one, too, there. But then shoot back to New York City. Uh, uh, Wait, upstate New York, where I was when I was a kid. So I was about, uh, let's say, eight when this happened. I was walking down the street. And suddenly, the same thing happened, a total blackout. I mean, 
nothing. Mm-hmm. It was so thick, I actually fell on the ground thinking the same thing. If I hold mm-hmm. on, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and the ground kind of felt oily or pebbly, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But that's, that's the ground. I felt like <clears throat> what happened was is that I fell down the same way. We didn't know this till we, we prepared notes later in life, you know. And uh, I felt like, okay, if I lay down, I'll know what's up and down. But it took all my force of will to make myself stand up and run home. I don't remember getting in the door at home, but I do remember I have to run now. You know, so mm. I told my uncle, I had the same thing. This is in the same family. It just tells strange. But I asked him, what do you think mm. happened? So he was alluding to some kind of abduction by a men in black. He ended up being a machinist and an inventor for the Navy. That's what happened to him ultimately. He snapped out of his bad ways. <laughs> Went Mary Mount Cassidy. Wow. Yeah, and they end up in Vallejo, I, that's California. That's just amazing. Isn't it weird that it happened to two people in the same family? And, and that area, too, is when he was sitting. Uh, it's like that place is for lovers. You know what I mean? There was people being romantic and on benches, and right. he was sitting there by himself. And right. he was watching this couple, and he thought, if I don't go home and marry Kathy, so she was in Massachusetts, if I don't go home and marry her, I'm going to be alone just like this. So he went home and married her, and they stayed married almost 60 years before she passed. Wow. That's what happened. Wow. I know. Well, it's it, a, it's, it's just so, um, it's just so, you know, it reminds me, thank you for sharing that again with us, because it reminds me of, you know, we'll have Chad share with you what he discovered, you know, our event takes place in 97 of the three of us, and then... 2001, Chad and I end up in Alabama where his father and mother live. They're not together any longer, but they live in this small community. Chad's dad is in his own business, so Chad decides to go back to Alabama and go to work for his dad. We get relocated there, and Chad discovered from his dad and stepmother. Yeah, the we our first really, I guess, when when we kind of woke up a little bit, is you know that our first experience of seeing this huge craft in in Hammond, Louisiana, and I I, I start telling them about it, and my mother-in-law or, or, or my stepmom, she 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 says, you won't believe this, and of course you know, of course I will, but <laughs> she goes, you are describing the same thing we saw when we went down to Cancun for the millennium. They they said they went down with another couple uh, to Cancun. They they go out to watch the fireworks, you know, for uh, the New Year's fireworks. And they they where they were sitting, they were kind of in the lights of the hotel and all this. So they decided to take their chairs and kind of move up the cove a little bit where it was a little darker so they could. They're out the on earth. the beach. Yeah, they're out on the beach. And um, they move up the cove, and they set their chairs up underneath what they they said was the Temple of the Puma. And they get their chairs, they sit down, and they hear this big, huge, loud cat scream, you know, like a big cat. So that kind of creeps them out, you know, that kind of gives them this ambiance and stuff. And so they go back and they focus back onto the fireworks, and she said, as the fireworks were going off, they could see this craft up there. 
and it is in the way that they I described it and they described it was almost as if it was the same type or the same craft, you know. So I got to see mine in Hammond above a Walmart, or right? And I <laughs> and, and they get to see theirs above, you know, this Temple of the Puma, you know, in Cancun. You know, life's not fair, but at but least we all had this. Well, well I can you describe the craft? Right. Go ahead. Yeah, it was it was huge. I mean, in and one, very unusual shape. Yeah, it was kind of like a rectangle. Uh, you know, it's kind of a long square, but it was kind of tapered. You know, it was not as wide on one end as the other. Almost like an obelisk without the point. You know, kind of kind of shape. You know, but very wide, huge. I mean, it was like a mothership. You know, that's the only thing I can describe it because football you know, field. Yeah, stadium, yeah. huge. I mean, it's just take up the sky, and it was huge. right there. I was trying to think of that today, and I was like, okay, if I took something and put it up, you know, at arm's length, you know, and, and pointed it up into the sky, you know, what would it take? And I'm like, probably a loaf of bread, you know, uh, like a big mm. loaf of white bread, you know, if that that big, you know. Wow. Pick up that much in the what color the was the craft again? Very black. You know, it was yeah. almost you know, very it was very squared, you know, it looked like it was a couple of stories thick wise, you know, like a two story, maybe a three story building. But very black, very straight, very smoothish, you know, kind of now, I didn't see any windows. There were two or three lights in the front, three or four lights in the back, moving very slow, if at all. And no sound. No sound. And we still had lights out. Did the air feel funny to you guys, or was it silent uh, or outside, or do you remember your surroundings? I went into instant shock. My head rejected yeah. it. I mean, I turned my head away instantly and refused to acknowledge it. So I, I had my first, what I would say, memory of what shock really is. So I yeah. did not, I didn't deal with it at all. I kept staring at Chad until we got, I guess, I don't remember looking back at the road, but Chad says that we both were now studying the road. So I, I took none of it in. Uh, because I was in shock, but I don't remember anything at all about anything other than being in shock and that that's not there. And if I don't acknowledge that, that's not happening. That was what was happening to me. Yeah, wow. I don't remember like you know other people on the road reacting or pulling over to the you know side or pointing up in the air or anything like that. So, and as far as the you know feeling any kind of weirdness in the air. I don't remember anything, but I was just in such shock. I, all I was thinking of is, what the hay and... What time of day would you think that was? What time of day somewhere was that? Between, somewhere between six and seven. Yeah, yeah it, had not, it had not gotten dark yet. We were going in for, you know, early dinner, and it wasn't like a late dinner. It was a, you know, get off work, go home, change clothes, and, and, you know, go back to town and go to dinner kind of thing. Yeah, like at dusk. 
Yeah. Do you think you would have seen it if it were any darker out, like more evening? Maybe the light, because the light yeah. is pretty big. Wow. Because I've heard this described before, but you would think it would look like a triangle or a boomerang, like people are saying, but I've heard of, of this just only a couple times before, a square, like a block of a of a thing. Then it would yeah. black out the sky. That's how big it was. Yeah, it's, it's it really was, incredible when you try to think of what's driving that thing. Right. And you know, I I brought that up because of what you had just mentioned about the connection of at your observance and understanding of what's going on in your family. And yeah. And here here we're discovering now. My mother is no longer living, but my mom had said periodically, very few times, I think I'm exaggerating if I say I remember anything more than three times, that when I'm young, she would only tell very few people that she claims that I'm born in 57, she claims I'm six months old, so that would have made it the very end of 57, the beginning of 1958. She says she's driving across the desert and it's daytime and I'm the only passenger in the car with her and she says that uh, a, a small metallic craft or a UFO uh, came down out of the sky and stopped her on the road. Now, she's not the kind of woman that would say things like this. That is not her... She was a self-made woman, very political, uh, mixed native blood, had a lot of honors because of that, considered an elder, just didn't talk like that. But when she was comfortable with somebody or whatever the reason was, she chose to say this. And when she'd do that, I would, I would, you know, as a little kid, I'd want to die. I was so embarrassed. Mm-hmm. I thought she was just nuts, and she's the furthest thing from nuts. But I would leave the room in such embarrassment. I couldn't believe she was saying these things. And I don't ever remember any response about that. I don't ever remember, as I've ever said before, anybody ever challenging her, nor did I ever challenge her about it, because it was not a it was a non-subject to me. I just thought she was crazy. But if there is well, truth to what she what she said, then it would appear that it began in my life from the from the beginning. So yes. here, apparently, you know, there's something going on with my mom and I. And here's yeah. Chad, something definitely going on with Chad and his father. And apparently his mother, because it's his mother's father that shares the same identical name. So it's a very strange web. It is very strange. And, um, you know, I don't blame her because, let's say, throughout, the, they were maybe talking about it, making fun of it earlier, but throughout the 50s, 60s, 70s, all the way up to the 80s, we were still afraid the, that the military was going to come and get us. I remember I wrote a letter because I was having all these UFO experiences. I wrote a letter to Harvard because I figured if I'm mm. nuts, I'm going to write a letter to that guy over at Harvard, you know, John Mack. That's right. And I wrote a, I was yeah, I wrote him a letter. Yeah. yeah. What? What did you say? Oh, I, it's just so fun to listen to you, and I'm sorry I get so excited I'm talking on you, but it no, just broke me to hear you say that. I was absolutely uh-huh. heading to Harvard back in 2002. I was so tired of not getting anybody to 
pay attention to what was in my arm. And I didn't care because we weren't out trying to prove nothing to nobody. I have an object in my upper arm from that 97 event that nobody was helping us with, and we couldn't get any help or support. So I discovered Dr. Mack, and I'm heading to Harvard, and I'll be dang. What a love. You know, again, mm-hmm. he, he gets killed, you know, and it's like this. Yeah, is, he, it's, he got killed by a drunk driver in England. I mean, he right. was my hope back in the day. But that the only reason me why too. I got connected was, well, I wrote a letter to him. He wrote me back. He said, I would take you. It's weird because I was born in Boston. He said, I would take you now, but he said, you're so far away. He said, no, go to this zero. You know, back then, I don't even know if it was right. college zero, but it was Ron Smith. And uh, she right, does right. regressions and stuff like that. So I read that right, part of right. your book that you were seeking help. And I was saying, oh, she, Yvonne is so sweet and open-minded about all this. And I wish you would have I, known I how I was thinking like her. that. Right. What happened? Wait a well, minute. She's, is that the one in your book seen... that you... No. Oh, no. No, okay, good. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Not even. No, no, no. Okay. She, you know, she seems to be just just as lovely as you know her to be. Uh, yeah. At the time, yeah. she was um, she was very kind to respond to me. But in all honesty, I was I was we were having a difficult time financially at the time. And yeah. of course, she you know she has a service and she needs to be honored that. And she sent me her her uh, fee, and I just wasn't able to do it. And I thought, yeah. you know, if it if it's ever to be, somehow or other, you know, the heavens will open up and give direction, and give you guidance. Know you know what? Some uh, maybe in a year or two, we should meet in Roswell because she's always going down there as a speaker and she does reading channels. Right. That's so we awesome. should go to the it's UFO festival sometime. We should meet I mean, sometime out there. That would be cool. That'll just be oh, it'll be uh, so much fun. Yeah, and of course our 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 ultimate goal would you know be to go to uh, Joshua Tree sometime too. Oh yeah, you guys love it. Now I, I don't see I don't go to the desert, so I don't go there. But everybody <laughs> goes there. You guys gotta go. Yeah, right. Except for me, I don't go there. I don't see the point in going to the desert. Exactly. Now, I'm just not into the heat no more, I got to say. No, you know, me and just yeah. yeah, I just, I I work for air conditioning. <laughs> yeah, we work for air conditioning. That's what we say. That's our mantra. Our mantra. Right, you know, but yeah. but I, in all honesty, if it's all right to mention another broadcaster, Jimmy Church. Oh, please that's do. What, well, thank oh, yeah. you so much. Well, you know, Jimmy Church is, he's received our book. He's been kind enough, you know, to, to, to text me after I've texted him uh, that he's received the book and we have to talk soon about getting both of you on the show. I've been now for a few years um, working very hard, just trying to stay as patient as possible, that he will open that door up. And the reason particularly with him is because, as I said to you when we began, we love questions. And so this is so fun with you, like just doing a dance. Because most people well, just yeah. don't, you know, they just don't ask questions. And and it's just so fun for me in particular. I think Chad feels the same way. Right. Well, Jimmy Church, he had me call in one time a couple of years ago, like the last five minutes of his show. And I was sad that it was so short. 
but I was so yeah. excited because because he asked me a question that nobody's ever asked me before, and it was such an interesting. It made me stop and really give thought to it, and so you know, it's like I'm a well, what was it? Just, well, it it may seem silly, but. In my experience, the night that the three of us were, as I refer to, taken, uh, we all seem to all have different experiences that night. In my experience, I'm with, if you remember, if you have the book around you, on the back yes. cover is a blonde, is a, I consider the her blonde. a beautiful blonde female. Okay, so... I'm having, you know, my experience is pretty much involving her. And uh, so, now, the book isn't, we don't even have a thought of a book when I'm having this moment with, with Jimmy Church on his show. But I'm trying to describe her in a very, as you can tell, it's not easy for me to talk quickly. I'm trying to describe her in this experience in five minutes. Well, Lord, I'm sorry. I, I said, Lord, that's that's hard. Oh, I mean, yeah, right. It was just so my mind is racing. So I'm I don't even know what I said, but whatever I said, his his question comes back at me with, and I must have spent most of that time trying to describe her. Mm-hmm. His question was, did she wear makeup? Now, hmm. that's a human a question. I haven't allowed myself to think human because it's been so big and yeah. so strange that, and, and to me, ongoing in one Is form or another. I'm sorry? Do you mean regular female makeup? Well, that's the thing is that you know, I, it took me it took me completely off guard, um, mm-hmm. and I before you know by the time I could muster a utterance, uh, trying to respond to him, it was over. Then I was just like, "Dang, that's not right." Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk no. more about this. And so it, it's it, been it's, it in, it's been quite a journey. Wow. Well. So I told, I told Chad, I said, if we've got to, we'll do that <laughs> desert run. And we'll just show yeah. up in person and say, okay, please ask exactly. it again. <laughs> I'm, I'm, then people, I'm determined. Well, everybody goes to the desert. It's getting bigger every year. I mean, everybody who's anybody goes over there, right. and uh, oh, yeah. except for me. But I, okay. I probably right. won't be there. But. It took a lot to me just to get to New Mexico, which was very, it's very nice in Mexico, New Mexico. Even when it's yeah. hot, it's kind of pleasant out there. I don't know why, but I like it out there a lot. I feel right. very at home near there for some reason. But anyway, um, you know what? Uh, I felt bad when it came to that part that you couldn't find any resources. That would, That's what drove me to write Harvard, too. And I was actually petrified when I put that letter in the mailbox to him. Mm-hmm. I thought, now they're going to know and they're going to come and get me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I know what I don't want to talk about it. But now it's out. But now we have a lot of disprovers and, you know, people right. uh, asking. Nobody's ever asked me, but I'll, that's what I wanted to talk about. 
okay, about the makeup thing and all that. I've never even thought of that because when I look at them, they're so odd-looking. Even if they're beautiful, there's something off, you know. But I did see, I was thinking about this because I read that Chad saw some blue beings. And I thought, okay, from my position, this is what I saw. They were small as chess pieces, but there were these deep blue, uh, cobalt blue, little chubby beings, and little green guys that looked chubby the same way, almost like chess pieces from my point of view, because I was watching them coming in and out of a cliff. Now, this is what I was dreaming about. But I remember looking down and thinking, what the heck am I looking at? And then when I drew it, I realized I'm doing it from the sky. I'm looking down on them. They look that small. It was a, a craggy cliff, and they were going in and out of that cliff. But there were little, little, very cobalt blue guys and vivid guys, Kelly Green guys. You know what I mean? It was very odd to look like. To me, they look like chess pieces, but the way I was hanging, like I was hanging looking down, that means I was up in the sky somewhere. Right. It was like one of those startling dreams of, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, they were so odd, and there was a lot of them. There wasn't just like a visit of people or two. There was a bunch of those guys. We were out in the desert somewhere. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think it's weird if you're... Like- what? Yeah, because, you know, Alta was, uh, you know, it's kind of a, I, I don't want to say deserty, but kind of a very plainsy looking with your, talking about when you were with your blonde. It oh, it looked like the environment that I think he's trying to describe looked like, my description's always been like being in a black and white movie of the yeah. so-called moon landing, of the so-called moon landing. That's what my environment was. No, no, that's happened so. to me. That's why I asked it to you. That that's why I asked if where you were appeared to be different than what everybody else was doing. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? And what was going There's, on? Yeah, because go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, Chad's out there on a craft. Uh, our understanding in his regression. He believes this regression, and so I believe Chad. Um, I'm very open to to all uh, because I have no answers. I just have no answers. I can't guarantee that what I experience and what I know I remember is accurate. People always will refer back to, well, you know, those are screen memories or, you know, they probably yeah. are very horrendous and they make you think this or that. Okay, what, whatever. The fact is is that from the beginning, all we have ever tried to do is just, and, you know, people, thank goodness you exist, um, you know, gracious enough to, to just allow us to get our voice heard because these things are happening to us. They have happened to us, and I know they're happening to lots of other people. And just like finding you, I mean, just what a blessing to my little soul because thank we you. know that. We know that you're out there, and I think it's so interesting. Again, Char, if you don't mind, I gotta, I, I Go keep hearing these puzzles. I love the puzzle pieces, and I'm not good with puzzles. But here mm-hmm. you are, have an interest in leaving Cali and thinking Nola, you know, New Orleans. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, mom, my mother was raised early life in California, and apparently I was as well. And then. Uh, you know, and here I am in New Orleans, and you're thinking this direction. 
earlier, mm-hmm. just a little bit ago, you're speaking about your love for New Mexico and how it calms you, if I'm mm-hmm. paraphrasing that. Well, Chad yeah. and I, I was absolutely driven to leave New Orleans after our 97 event. It took us within a year to get our yeah. act together. and But, I mean, I had lost my sleep and mind, and I had to get out of New Orleans, and I had to go back to the desert. But I knew I wasn't to go to Arizona. I, I can't right. explain that. I just knew I wasn't. And so that left, you know, a few areas. Well, we ended up straight up into New Mexico. And wow. started off in Albuquerque, and, and I knew relatively very quickly after we got set up in Albuquerque, nope, this isn't it. Something's off. Well, what the heck am I talking about? Uh, next thing I know... One day I come out of the house or what have you, and I look up at the mountains that, you know, surround Albuquerque, and I tell Chad, we're going up there. Now, that just, you know, that's as crazy sounding as as what we did, but that's what we did. We did a day trip and drove up into the mountains, you know, above Albuquerque and checked out a community called Madrid, and within a very short amount of time, moved ourselves up there, and had one bizarre experience after another. Wow. And then, right, end up having it's to go really to Colorado. You know, I happened to be in Albuquerque when I turned 13. We were traveling from New York to California, and I was in Albuquerque. I turned 13 now. So I remember do you, Albuquerque. Do you mind I if 13. I ask how old you are? I, am, I was born in 52, so I'm pretty sure I'm 65. So you're just a few years older than I am because that was strange again. You just said that because I was driving with my mom and my stepdad and my best friend at the time. She, I was 14, she was 13, and we were making a trip. We lived in the Midwest at the time driving from Iowa to California. And we were in New Mexico and had uh, – she and I had a reunion after 40 years. We hadn't seen each other no. in 40 years. And when we got reunited, she reminded me. She has a complete memory, or I mean, you know, a memory of at least that seems acute to her about being on that summer trip and that we're outside of Flagstaff. She claims it's nighttime. We're, all, we're in the car. Her and I are in the back seat of the car. And, of course, this was in, what, the 70s. And it was big cars, kind of big tanks, so big and comfortable. And we're not very big, size-wise. We're in the back seat. I think one of us is up in the window and one of us laying across, you know, the back seat. But she claims that my parents are gone. Now, we're not visiting anybody. The car's just pulled off the side of the road. It's nighttime. We're little teenagers. There's no way. My mom was very watchful. Kept a very firm eye on me. Yeah. And, you know, here we are just, as she remembers it, just on the outskirts of flag. And she says that her memory, and I got to tell you, it feels like it keeps trying to come back to me. But Mm -hmm. um, just just repeating what she said is that she claims that uh, we're laying there looking up at the sky and the stars and, you know, beautiful sky and that, I'm kind of paraphrasing it, but basically a big ball of light came down out of the sky and came right at us. 
And then she says, our lights go out. She has no more memory after that. We don't remember, you know, she doesn't remember the next day, my parents reappearing, nothing. But she absolutely remembers that event taking place. Now, she then goes on to tell me, that happens to us at SLAG, um, you know, around that age you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I've got pictures of her and I at the White Sands writing our names, the size of the dunes, Alta and and her first name, and taking pictures of it that I still have um, at the, you know, at the White Sands Missile. Oh, my God. Right. I I mean, just When I went by there, when I went by there, I know people haven't been there, there are these bright white dunes over there. Yeah. On the way into uh, or going out of uh, Area 51 and all that's over there. Yeah. Yeah. And here I have photos uh, that I still have. Because I have very oh my little God. things left of my childhood or my youth. Yeah. But I still have these photos of her and I sitting, uh, you know, on the top of a dune in between our names that we have have written into the the whole side of the dune. And oh, I love that. Scan that and send that to me. I'd love to see that. Oh, sure. Yeah. I sure will. And then we have pictures of her and I standing next to the rocket. Uh, wow. I mean, just crazy. Just very strange. Small world. Deliver fuel. She uh, she then went on to share with me in this reunion not only that memory, and then, of course, I have these photos, but then she goes on to tell me that when she's about 21, 22 years old, now she's just a year younger than I am, and I'm I'm 60 now, she says that she and her husband, they're newlywed, uh, I don't think they even have children yet, are building their own home. This is, again, in the Midwest. This happens to be in Iowa. Uh, mm-hmm. Back in the 70s, you know, Iowa is still pretty corn-fed. and city is fairly good size, but it's still pretty primitive, a lot of cornfields and what have you. So they're kind of on the outskirts. They're building their brick house from the ground up. She says that husband's inside the house. She's sitting out on the front porch. She's having a beer, and it's nighttime. And she's got a clear view of the sky and across big fields with some beautiful trees kind of off in the distance, a big clump of them. And she claims that a huge craft, um, huge craft is how she claims, came coming towards her relatively slowly and low, like just over those trees. Now, she sat in shock and in awe and just watched this. It seemed to be floating. Husband's inside the house looking out the, I guess, the picture window, losing his mind. Because as he's watching this, he sees something red molten is the way she described it, dropped from this craft over one of those fields. She said, you know, cleaning up the language, he hauled booty past her just as hard as he can run to that field to get whatever he they had seen drop. Um, 
I think if I remember correctly, there was nothing there once he got there. Well, so that's, you know, just strange enough. She said she just watched it go over. Now, the end of that story is her, she's got a younger sister by a few years. Sister is, I think, a cheerleader. She's coming home with cheerleaders and mother driving the car, dropping everybody off, drops her sister off at home. My friend is calling her mother to, you know, tell her what she's just experienced, asking her mother, has she seen anything? About the same time, sister's coming in the house reporting that this was over the top of that car as well, in a whole different section of the city. So, again, in the family. But this is what my friend reports to me after 40 years. First of all, it's something happening to us in the 70s in, you know, New Mexico and, and Arizona, and then it happening to her on a very direct level, you know, a few years later. So... That seems to have happened quite a bit, though. I've had a couple reunions with friends. Um, again, the 40-year span from these friends from Iowa, girlfriends. And I have to tell you, there is, without taking up any more time, there's another girlfriend that certainly had the same kind of account to me of having her own private experiences with other girlfriends after I had left, after my mother and I had left that area. So... Uh, it's just seems to follow us everywhere we go. Well, they they are everywhere. That's the whole thing, and a lot of it, exactly. uh, even along the Hudson. I've talked to people because uh, oh, I did live boy. up near the Hudson in New York. There's tons of stuff still happening, and uh, you know everything from UFOs to hauntings to you know there's all kind where there's something uh, else going on right now that I'm aware of, you know, and like we're having all these disasters in the world right now. And I started, actually, it came to me at work because sometimes, I don't know if you guys do this, but, you know, you get on, you start thinking on a certain trail, then you start researching. So I was researching a a word that kept coming to my mind, and it was called Mm -hmm. chaos because we're actually living in a very chaotic time with everything. Just imagine it. You think you just heard the words. Then you get what happened in Vegas. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, right. right. It's just strange. So anyway, so I started thinking of the word, and the word was chaos. So I actually started tracking chaos, putting chaos, and I was looking it up, Googling everywhere, and then I came to this piece called Chaos Magic. I'm kind of a little scared to talk about it, but there's people intent. Now, this is what I felt like, that there's the good people and the bad people, and the bad are working overtime with negative spirits and stuff like that. And that's what my train of thought was. I said, because there's too much mess happening. Like, there's almost like uh, something against uh, people or us or the world or whatever. And sure enough, it's called uh, chaos magic, and there's people doing ritual against, and just to call, cause a wrench in everything. Like, throw, uh, you mentioned, like, the hand, the hidden hand and stuff like that. Um, there's people that actually are causing trouble and it's very hard to miss, but I kept 
feeling it until I found out what it was. And it was weird because it bubbled up. You know just how you go into, because that happened to me. Me and my best friend saw a UFO. We immediately looked away. And we forgot about mm. it until later that evening. You know what I mean? But it took mm-hmm. everything I could to remember it. And I remember right. that it took a will, a force of will. And for me to come up and understand what's happening in the world, it, it was an effort to think. You know what I mean? I had to actually really, I felt the feeling come. You know, like mm-hmm. I, know, I, I, I know what you guys felt like when you saw that. Something in your brain didn't mm-hmm. click. Like my brain did the same thing, looked at it, does not, t- does not compute, and looked away. So I think that's what's happening is that we can't imagine people that are uh, negatively trying to influence outcomes and stuff like that, but they are. I think they do it for power or anything else because I'm, I'm really not into conspiracies and stuff. I'm interested, but they kind of bore me. At first I'll be interested, then I get bored. When I read this, I went, oh, my God. This, explain, right. this explains a lot. So that's why we have to stay, stay in prayer and holiness. Remember who we are. You know what I mean? Don't get upset because people are going to come against you or things will come against you. And you've just got to keep more grounding and be your real self. That's what I do on my job. I told myself mm-hmm. when I start, first started working with the Fed, I'm a counselor for federal prisoners. When I first started there, I thought, you know what, I just have to be myself so that I can understand what's going on, with, really with people. If you're faking it all the time, you can't read anybody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I can't. Absolutely. You know, so, again, uh, you might get tired of me doing this, but it's just, I, just, I find no, it amazing. No, I'm not. I love I'm our conversation. By a, thank you. I, I'm raised by a woman, my mother who I've always referred to her as a self-made woman. Yeah, that's what my mother says about me. She started my life off being involved in the prison system. She got very involved in making sure when we lived in Iowa, which, you know, that was from the ages for me of, uh, you know, about 10, 11, until my first year, second year of college. So a 10, 11, 12-year span there, she very much got involved political, politically and then got involved in the prison system. And she started off her, her endeavors with making sure to get art supplies. Now, again, we're talking in the 70s. In a prison system that awesome. looks exactly like a huge, big castle dungeon, terrifying yeah. looking. That she where, was had this, no fear. Where was this at? What state this was is, this in? Uh, the prison. The prison was Anamosa, um, in a commun- in a town called Anamosa, Iowa. That's interesting. Okay. I haven't thought of that in a billion years. Wow. But um, what was so amazing is my mom was single. She was a widow at this point, and she was she started college as a forty year old as a widow in Little Rock, Arkansas. It took her about 10 years to get her free law at 50. Clinton was one of my mother's law professors for a semester, and here mom was known as a mixed native elder. So here she's, you know, making her way, let me just suggest, with these kinds of connections. Clinton, he liked her fine. She liked him fine. The wife, her law offices were in my mom's territory. So there was a, 
a, you know, a healthy, keep distance, not a liking of any kind, but she certainly was yeah. standing with him. Well, bringing all that up is, you know, the point of this is that she gets involved in, she starts off in Iowa in the prison system as a volunteer, just making sure to get art supplies to wow. Indians that are incarcerated. That's where it starts. But, of course, we're mixed, and people look at me because my skin is getting whiter and whiter and whiter as I'm getting older because I Mm -hmm. can't take the sun anymore. I can't be in the Mm -hmm. sun anymore at all. Something has changed dramatically with my system and the Mm -hmm. sun. And so it's sad because I, I love the outdoors. Uh, I don't do water very well anymore either. There's something that has happened with my leg from who knows exactly what's going on. I always thought possibly radiation burn. But, again, I'm self-diagnosing. I have no idea. And this is, you know, not what this is about. It's not about being victims in this. The mystery that's all involved with this. Well, so mom gets involved with the prison system. She she takes me as a 15-year-old. And my best friend at the time, a 14-year-old, and gets us in that, gets us involved in that, um, wisely or unwisely, but certainly prepared us or prepared me to open me up to the injustices. And then how interesting, several years later, in the city that my mom got that degree in, under Clinton, our friend is murdered in a horrendous death. And those detectives destroyed our lives. So, I mean, it's quite amazing, the parallels of all of it. You know, if I might yeah. add also, that as I was mentioning earlier, because, again, we've just never gotten an opportunity. I say we because I'm doing all the talking here. But, you know, and I pray Chad will just keep interjecting as he chooses to. But I would like to get this mentioned also for the purpose of the puzzle. You know, I mentioned to you our friend is murdered. Um, After telling me she's met Henry Hill, after uh, also Chad and I are being arranged, and now I've set her up that evening with these, I'm not sure what they are, gorgeous men with a big question mark. Um, The one thing I didn't add that I'd like to also add to that puzzle is that when we're trying to understand what monster could have done this to our friend, there's also another factor involved in that. There is, There were a group of people, I'll call them people, that seemed to be down on the river. Now, we're talking Little Rock, Arkansas, that has got the yes. beautiful Arkansas River that runs through it. And we're talking 1990. Now, I understand it's all very different now, quite developed, so on. But back in the day, just a big, beautiful river with, you know, some parks along the way. There's a group of folks that, and I, again, I'll shorten the story, that are gathering down on that river that are extremely mysterious. Now, what I mean by mysterious is if you ever saw that crazy movie, Rosemary's Baby. Yes. That, that's, oh, Lord. A, that's a, right. That's a conglomerate of folks that what I took out of that experience, that movie, seemed to be of different walks of life in the sense of on the surface, different um, stations in life, very what yeah. appeared to be very wealthy, all the way down to the little worker bees 
kind of yes. group. Well, that's what's gathering down on that river. I actually saw people drive up in a Rolls Royce that oh were God. also mingling, that were mingling with people that were what I would say, just for the purpose of the story, what, Jen? The river rat. The river rat, you know, just yeah. for the purpose of the story. That are all having this, again, there's a lot to that story. I intend, if there's interest, to rewrite this. So, because this has all been taken out of our, you know, the, the book that you have. Well, right. I, I add that because when we're being investigated by the detectives down at the police station constantly, I am being asked, was I aware of any kind of devil worship going on down on that river? And mm. I told them the truth, which was, I know nothing. But one of the detectives, and I thought this was just really weird, you know, that's not involved in investigating us particularly. Some other detectives kind of coming through the interrogation room literally made the statement about, uh, he stops and he kind of looks at me and he asks me, he said, had I ever seen anybody running around down there in long black clothes? I thought, Not this that. is just getting so, right. This has become mm-hmm. so insane and bizarre. We got every kind of factor involved in the potential of who killed our friend. So, again, for 20 years, you know, that that's the hodgepodge of the insanity of what we were swimming through. And then learning, again, from my early young involvement in the prison system with my mother and the injustices of all of that on so many levels. You know, then again, here we get involved personally and, and, and truly were witness to what no people should ever be put through. And, um, I, you know, I have fond memory with my mom and her dedication to yes. really trying to write Thank some God horrible for her. Ones. So, Shar, I mean, we just can't. We say the same about you. I mean, just what a blessing they have to have you. They they say that they say that to me every time they see me, and it's just like I I know this is all supposed to be. I don't know why it's me, you know, except that I do have a strong faith and I'm able to Mm -hmm. help, you know. And I Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it has to just do with loving mankind, and I want Mm -hmm. people to be okay. I want people to be free, and I want them to be mentally healthy. You know, so that's what I'm going in with. And uh, I just said, uh, wow, I'm, just stunned. I'm stunned, you know, the synchronicity of all this. And uh, someday Amazing. I'll be free and loose and I'll be able to do what I want. And, uh, you know, we have a we have a, a caller, and I'm not sure what's it about. Is it okay if I check it out and see what they want? Oh, Hold on a minute. Mm-hmm. Hold on a minute. Okay, maybe there's a question. Hello in the waiting room. You have a you have a question for our our speakers tonight? Hello? Phone number two one six, area code. Okay. Area code two one six. Do you have a question for us tonight? Can I have your first name please? Uh my name is uh Ishmael. Are, are you from Ohio? Yes, I'm from Ohio. Okay, did you have a question for... Yeah, my bad. I just didn't know if y'all could hear hear me or not. Yeah, I had a question. Okay, uh, is it going to pertain to what we're speaking about tonight? 
uh, yeah, sort of. I, uh, the brother had mentioned something about being grounded, and I was just wondering, like, what are some of the tools that you could do to actually get grounded? Because I actually oh, oh, yeah, seeing UFOs and things like that. So, yeah, what's your what's your first name again? Ishmael. Okay, okay, hold on, sir. Well, you know, that's a good question. Did you guys hear the question? Right. Hi, Ishmael, and thank you so much for the question. And Chad's right here, and he hears you, too. Well, well there, there's, you know, many, many ways, you know. It just depends on what is good and comfortable for you. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of metaphysical tools uh, that you can Google, there's all kinds of stones, uh, you know, the crystals and the hematite and those type of, of tools also uh, help. And I'd like to also add, um, and, and Chad will pick this back up because he, his mind's moving in a different direction. Yeah, maybe. But what, what, I, what I hear is I'd like Chad to share with you we had an experience, speaking of New Mexico, Char, when Chad and I moved up into the mountains of New Mexico, um, mm-hmm. it was small at the time, it was a very, very small village. And, um, I mean, it didn't have television. It didn't, you couldn't get a telephone. It was that primitive still. Um, it has a saloon, a big saloon out of the 1800s. And it looks, it's still got the hitching post, up, you know, for the horses wow. out in front. I mean, we're talking yeah. straight out of time. So we had gotten to know, I'm just kind of building the story, Ishmael, so that Chad can share with you something that he experienced about being grounded that I got to hear about, and I'm amazed that he was able to do this. Uh, we got to know some of the local yogos and and uh, tr- became friends with some people up there that had been there for many years this community at the time was a lot of outlaws out of Humboldt, Humboldt County, you know, that were growers or were running from the law, as well as a lot of natives and Hispanic people that had been living there for probably hundreds of years. So there was a lot of uh, curiosity when you're odd like Chad and I or anyway, because we're friendly and people don't trust friendly. And so, and if you got secrets, as we discovered, there's a lot of secrets up there. Well, right. one of the guys that befriends us right away, again, sorry it's taking me so long to get us there, one of the guys that befriends us right away is kind of a Jesus-looking dude with, uh, you know, the very long hair, old hippie, who has made himself, a, I think, a little comfort up in those mountains, buying up some property. Well, he lives in Shaft. He loves us. He wants us to move into one of his shacks well, on his property right next to where he lives. We're friendly. We're grateful that a local loves us, uh, but no thanks. So we're still staying friendly, but he's taking quite an interest in Chad and I. And so, I mean, better that than running me out of town. We all gather at the saloon one afternoon and or early evening. And there's a group of us, 8 to 10 to 12 of us. And we're all sitting in this big, old 1800s. Brown table, you know. I mean, it was the green cloth on it. You know, it looked like a gambling table. Right. 
Go ahead, Chad. Yeah, and it's Alton and I are kind of sitting across from each other. And again, this is a pretty big size table, and I'm sitting next to this, you know, this hippie guy that we've met. It's our and, friend. And he's yeah, and he has always been friendly. Well, his just his whole demeanor just changed instantly, almost. And he um, says something very rude, you know, kind of under his breath. I don't think anybody heard it but me. And it was kind of derogatory and, 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 and directed towards Altanov. And I kind of looked over at him, and he looked at me, and his whole eye, his whole eye was black. The oh, eyeball, the, there was no whiteness, right. there was no color to his eyes, both of his eyeballs. And so I just automatically, you know, being around the, the, the spiritual and the native and all this uh, around Alta and everything and living in New Orleans and learning a lot, I just kind of threw up this block, you know. Internally. Yeah, you know, kind of internally. And, you know, went into my happy space, I guess, if you could say, you know, and just kind of blocked negative energy, you know. I mean, this guy was trying to hurt you. Yeah, it was like he was trying to, you know, maybe mentally, spiritually attack me, you know. I don't think he would have done it physically. I think it was all, you know, more spiritual, mental kind of thing. And I just, you know, I just went to... You know, my inner self and just kind of threw up this block with positive, you know, energy. And just in about three or four minutes later, he just got up and left. He was PO'd and out he went. Yeah, he just went out just, I mean, I'd never seen him any kind of act like that. We never saw him again, you know, essentially. But he changed right in front of Chad. Yeah, I think and, we're talking know, so about just, that. Yeah. People are wanting to chaos. They're trying to, you know, do uh, change energy for people. And like just like mm-hmm. you said, I don't even know why I brought it up, but I'm glad I did. About the pe- as getting questioned about these people, devil worshippers near the whatever. When I went deeper into looking at this uh, strange uh, thing, mm-hmm. I looked up chaos. Magic, right? That that guy, the head modern devil worshiper. I don't want to say his name, but a very evil person. He's the head of all that. I right. was just too shocked to even read further. You know what I mean? Because I just know that we have to protect ourselves and go in right. with grounding yeah. yourself and with who you really are and in love. And if you're going to put out this kind of thing, I always believe that everybody knows what comes around goes around, or what goes around comes around. What you send out is what you're going to get back. I don't understand. Yeah, Yeah. so I don't know why people will do this negativity because it's coming back at you. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Right. Just like Chad was able, you know, for Ishmael, Chad was able to find that inner block. And and he's never done that before. I've been with Chad for a very long time. He's never done that before. And here he just was put on the spot. And this dude was changing right in front of him and was just yes, sending sir. this nasty, like like a weapon. And and here's Chad putting up this block where it's just mirroring it right back at him. And out he goes. You know, in a well, that's, what, that's it. Because they can't tolerate the bright light. 
You know what I mean? Right. You can't stand a, a a love or a blocking or, or whatever because you can do it because we have to be in our right minds and we have to do these things because things are getting weirder and weirder. I'm sure oh boy. even this, this Jason Aldean thing, I would have loved to be there, but something has mm-hmm. told me always, stay out of Vegas. I have never been to Vegas. I've been to California since 65. That's too. I've never, that's too. I've, I've never had the desire to. Oh my God! You're giving me the chills. I have no desire to go there to participate no, in what's happening there. And I've told everybody for years out of Vegas, but people don't listen to me. They invite me there all the time. I go. I'm not going, so I never go. No. I've missed weddings. Oh, I've no. missed, I said uh, there's no. nothing for me there. I don't do anything. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do anything. Right. I right. eat. Well, I can't even try handle to... hardly anymore the French Quarter, and it's just 13 blocks. It's like, cause it's, you know, the <laughs> yeah. land of tourism, and it's, and it's you know, i got to get in and get out because it's just, it can be so yeah. powerful, that kind of energy, that blend of all yeah, of it. it so, yeah, Vegas, no. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. It's really odd. I, I'm, all that, about, I'm all about out of that kind of chaos. Yeah, stay, uh, we got to stay away, but at the same time, we have to be among the people to help. So, yeah. you know, this is, a, this is not, the weak can't do this. It takes the strong people that, that all the experiences are. I think most of them are pretty strong because you got to find out who you are and where your brain's at. Or this stuff could be drive you nuts. Oh, you know, but boy. But just be solid. We say it often, Chad and I, you know, I'm, I find myself often just reaching for gratitude, just remembering gratitude. And, you yes. know, it, there are those moments that all of us understand where you have to just bring it to the moment and, yeah. and look at whatever you have right in front of you. And I, it's so interesting because oftentimes I will be reduced to the point or I'll reduce myself to the point of my gratitude is, thank the heavens Chad and I are together and, and are you know, experiencing this together. Our last experience, because you were asking, is it still current? Um, yes. You know, with all of the, all of the ooky, the darkness. Um, but I have to say again, from my perspective of it, I know folks don't want to hear this, but from my perspective of it, without sounding again like a victim, because that's the last thing we are, it, I have discovered that it has been much more frustrating in dealing with human portion of this yeah. whole business versus our experiences because the experiences have been um, quite remarkable. And our last go-round was just this last year before we ended up deciding to come back to New Orleans. We were in the Ohio Valley. We were at uh, uh, we're at a motor home. We call it our love shack, the little love shack. And we were at a park, a real beautiful park, uh, outside of an area called Serpent Mound in Ohio. And uh, Serpent Mound is becoming quite famous for being one of the, you know, it is a huge serpent mound shaped like a serpent. And um, it's becoming, getting a lot of energy that, because it seemed to have been quiet for a long time in terms of attention and so on. There's a lot of curiosity about it. Who made uh, it? How old it is? And what its purpose and so on. So anyhow, we were there vendoring for a small gathering that was going on for one of these weekends. So Chad and I are staying in a park, pretty 
good distance, several miles away from the mound, and but it's out in the country. Quite, it was just beautiful. And we had a young couple come and stay with us for the weekend. They drove. They lived in they lived in uh, Columbus, and this is in uh, a couple hours away distance. So they came and spent the weekend with us. Well, here's the four of us. Now they know all about what's going on with us. Um, one of them, the guy part, you know, the couple, he it certainly seems interested, but he's quite a skeptic, and I don't blame him. I'm a skeptic on many levels as well. The female part of the couple, she's, um, she likes to think more scientifically about everything, mathematically, and she's probably correct. It's just above my head and my pay grade. So... But they're very willing and very fun to hang out with um, on that particular night, building a big fire, camping, you know, building a big fire, cooking out, and just hanging out all night long or whatever we cared to do with no plan. So on that particular night, I'm not kidding, before the sun went down, or as the sun goes down, Chad and he have built this big, beautiful fire We've had supper. Now we're just sitting around and hanging out. And it's a beautiful sky. It's a clear night. Chad's on one side of the fire. And the girlfriend, she's on the other side of the fire. And then something very bizarre happens between those two. Now, he and I, her boyfriend and, and myself, we're sitting next to each other. And we're watching this. And we're kind of just sitting in shock. Because what we watch is she is a martial artist. She's half Asian, half Vietnamese, and also has her black belt probably several times over in a form of martial arts. So she's sitting, you know, cross-legged on one side of the fire, Chad on the other. I don't remember who started it. She did. She, you go ahead, Chad. I, she, I just watched it in shock. She just she went over and she was doing, you know, she was just kind of not really being real or anything. She just, you know, she did this martial art kind of thing and then just kind of moved her hand towards the uh, fire, and the fire just died down. It just went out. I mean, it went I out. Mean, it went We're out. having a huge it fire. Was crazy. <laughs> it, it was like it was like it went out. Yeah. And Chad. Wow. We looked at each other. I looked at her. And I went. I'll show you. But you know, in my silent. mind, in my mind, you know, I'm like, I'll show you. So I kind of, I, I kind of did the same thing, but you know, my own version of it. And the fire <laughs> came back up. The and we, fire came back came awesome, up. Now we did this three or four or five times back and forth. Now I'm looking it, at the guy friend, and I'm like jabbing him, her her like I'm beating him up, like saying, "Do you see this?" Standing what up, is, on the picnic table, they're looking at each other. You're like. What the heck? I mean, it was, it was, so that started this night of light. Here we got the little fire action going on between Chad and our girlfriend. And then next thing we know, and it was from horizon to horizon. And it went on Mm -hmm. all night long. A, a, A light show in all forms. We're not talking ball lightning. We're not talking storm. We're not talking lightning. We're talking about a light Beautiful show. Beautiful starry night. You know, 
it was there were so times, clear. There were times Chad would actually be able, because we're like running all over the property, all of us in different directions, because we're all having our own experiences. And, and now, please understand, folks, there's no drugs. We're not hallucinating. I think we ate barbecued weenie and, you know, the fixings. Maybe had a beer. Uh, two of us, three of us don't drink. Yeah. So, again, whatever the heck was going on, that doesn't explain at all what took place with that fire and between Chad and her. But this light show, there were times Chad would all of a sudden stop. That takes a lot for Chad to do anything in terms of speak out. Yeah. Just like me. We have to see it, really, to believe it or experience it ourselves or trust whoever we're hearing as we trust you, Shark. What you say to us, we trust. And so Chad is all of a sudden stopping as we're all kind of running around like ants, and he's saying Mm -hmm. that he actually sees structure, that he can actually see. Yeah, it was like, it it was, I mean, it was a classic uh, saucer, Chase. But it had a... It, it, yeah, it was kind of an aura, you know, this just, I could kind of see it, you know, it was just like this really high, I don't know if it was the Milky Way or whatever, but it was way up there, and it was, I could just see, it was, I don't know, it was just so. Well, at the time, like, he was, yeah. would you think the Northern Lights were seeing no, at the yeah. time he was actually saying, because now he's oh, not no, remembering. It, 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 it was structured, yeah. It was, I could see, wow. you know, all the way around this. He said he and was it, seeing it was, craft. Yeah, it was a craft. And, mm-hmm. and these things flying around were, I mean, they would start on one side and, and curve and do all these, Arts you know. And it's not like falling stars or anything like that that are in a straight line or, you know, uh, satellites or anything like that that are in a straight line. These things, you know, they zigged and they zagged and they, they, you know, went in almost like a, not a circle, but like a crescent, you know. Like arcing as well. Yeah. Just a whole night of it. it just a we actually light. went in. We gave up. Yeah. Yeah, we were like, okay. We were sleep. exhausted. Our necks felt broken from keeping wow. them cranked back and, you yeah. know, just this constant state of uh, activity, we were exhausted, and we just all just came in and went to bed. It was a crazy, amazing night. Well, that goes to show you, you can be yourself, fight back, don't lay down for the people that are trying to control the situation or whatever it is, because if they have power, we have power. You know, then there's highest mm. power, and, you know, i got to keep focused on that. So, anyway, I better get right. to, because uh, you have a, a site where you can uh, get your book and get your, uh, you have uh, these gorgeous shawls and other things. Oh, now, where can they people get a hold of you at? Uh, always on Facebook. You, you can find me, you know, Chad Dillard on Facebook. I also doesn't have one. Uh, but, uh, and you can also find uh, abducted in the French Quarter on Facebook, and you can place an order there or uh, through our Etsy page. Uh, also, uh, you can come by where Alta works at Earth Odyssey and pick up a copy of our book there. 
And then next week, October 19th, next Thursday night, we are having our first book signing in a very elegant, beautiful uh, place called Gallery 2. And it's on the 800 block of Royal Street. And that's going to be from 6 to 9. In the French Quarter as well. A small little art gallery that's just beautiful. Oh, it is They're beautiful. I looked at it. Char, we would love to have you come to that. I know. I'll tell someday you what. I'll, be, I'll be around someday. I'll be free someday. But we you can't know what I mean? wait. I know. And even my, I had a dream recently. He said, you know, you're free. And I went, I'm what? I went, oh. Yeah. So I, guess, uh, I guess it was a little reminder because I've been like a working dog my whole life. So uh, right. I'm just getting ready to go on the next phase. You know what I mean? And uh Anyway, so um, you gotta you gotta go see these guys. They're the real deal. You know, they tell the truth and they're helpful to others. And uh, you come from a long line of helpers, I know. And uh, you know, mm-hmm. God bless you for all your work and, and continue to do the good works out in the community. You know, because uh, you're actually able to live your dream and and go ahead and go do it and, and be around the creativity and the art and mm-hmm. you know, because to me that work is art. What I see is surrounding you guys, so it's very beautiful. And uh, so, get a hold of Chad and Altuik from Chad Diller on Facebook, and leave them a message. Now, Alta, are you still doing your readings? You know, I am. Uh, I took. I took. A, I'm a private contractor. I think is the actual term for this shop in the quarter, um, Earth Odyssey, and. Uh, you know, it keeps me very busy. I'm grateful, very grateful. Um, I have just kind of kept myself focused on that as well as these interviews and trying to get the book promoted at least to the point to see, if, again, if there's interest that we can continue this. And uh, we're trying to develop something for Chad um, in the quarter in terms of I would love to see because again we're the we're the first to come forward in print of having these kinds of events happen in the French Quarter, and then in, right. we said you know we cre- we created the word abducted that we'd like for folks to start trying to get connected to because there's just so many of us out there. Um, I've asked Chad to open himself up to trying to start an abduction tour where we could actually take people on that that event, you know, show everyone where it started, take them also to that location where that um, voodoo temple was, not going inside of it at all necessarily, but just, again, to mm-hmm. show everyone this this connection of this very strange energy. So who knows? I mean, we just stay very open to, and we can't wait until we get your direction to see you and, and have an opportunity to explore that, that yeah. area as well. So. And Amazing. thank you so much oh. for the kindness about the shawls. And, you know, we try to um, stay as busy with those. We consider those medicine. And my mother always called them a hug, a universal oh, hug. Yeah. So I and think that's, a, that's, that's a good grounding tool if you ever want one. <laughs> that's right. Those are very good grounding tools. So, yeah. Char, we can't thank you enough for all that you do. And um, very we, just, we look so forward to your freedom as well. And if I might just thank last, you. I know I'm probably holding you. I happened to no. catch a message. Steve Hudgens, we love you. And I thank I him so guy. much for Yeah, we have not we've not seen him in a few years, but we love him. And his wife, he has a beautiful wife and 
we just love him, and I just thank him so much for, for mentioning, remembering us meeting. Excellent. Well, you it guys a, deserve a lot of fun. He's a, he's a lot of fun, and, you know, talk about a practical person. He's very well-trained in military background, and he's very practical. That's right. Yet he has right, an open right. mind about certain things, you know, so mm-hmm. I know him very well, and I love him, and I love you guys, and... You know, anytime you want to come on, let me know because we have because we're never going to run out of things to talk about. Oh yeah, no, no, never. Well, no, it's so never. much fun, and we will keep you updated, and you keep Please us updated do. as to your whereabouts. And we can't wait to I meet will. you. And thanks again for everything. Yeah, I will. Okay, God bless you guys. Happy trails. And thank to you. you. All right, take care. Yeah. yeah bye bye, you guys. Good night. Bye bye. Good night. Good night. So, you know, it's been a, a wonderful evening with my dear friends, Chell and Alta, and they have a very, very interesting story, and uh, it's all it's all so fascinating. It's the truth, and I love these guys. And uh, thank you very much for being on the show. I'm very proud to have them on. And next week, guess what? Benji Hively, who also lives in New Orleans. This is strange. Anyway, we're going to discuss his upcoming book, philosophy of evil and i do not know what it's going to be but i'm going to read it and uh figure out uh what's up with benji Hively, who's also in orleans so i'll see you next week 6 p.m same time same t- station and thank you for our caller tonight very interesting question and it really uh kind of rounded out the whole thing because we do have to stay well grounded in our faith and um uh, to use prayer shawl, to use anything else that helps us focus. And for me, uh, you know, it's, uh, I'm Greek Orthodox, so I do uh, have my icons in the house, and I light candles and have incense every day, and I'm praying all the time because, you know, I'm a sinner and I have to be saved. So anyway, God bless everybody, and uh, I thank you all for tuning in tonight. God bless you. Thank you, caller, and um, everybody have a nice evening, and I wish you the best of everything. Good night.